listening to Sci-Fi TV Rewatch, episode 474. My name's Dave, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Wayne, as we prepare to discuss season four of the HBO series Westworld. And, you know, I guess we'll save a lot of this for the discussion, but uh, I think both of us have have said, if you're a sci-fi fan and you're not watching Westworld, I can't recommend it more, and I, I'm sure you feel the same. I mean, get a free preview of HBO Max or whatever you need to do to watch it. But Right. Yeah, you could get well, – I don't even know. I, get, I assume it's like a seven-day trial most way. You could probably – if you really work at it, you could definitely binge the whole thing. But at worst, you pay like you know 15 bucks for uh, one month of HBO, and you, you watch it in that time. And there's um, – you know, you'd, you'd spend that much uh, – going to the multiplex to see a movie and you probably would not have half as good an experience. Yep. I, I was trying to convince Scott this morning to, to watch Westworld and he was giving me the rundown that his HBO special package price runs out at the end of September and Hulu, I think he's, he's got another week or whatever. It's like, man, I'd need a spreadsheet to keep all that stuff straight. But, uh, yeah, but yeah, well, unfortunately I mean, just, that's, that's the state of things nowadays, you know, like, yeah, you have multiple. It's not you don't have to, but I mean, there's so many good shows against so many different types of, of platforms. It's just like you know, that's it makes me appreciate Apple TV more and more because like they're the most reasonable uh, at you know five bucks. And I'm, I know it's already sounded like a, a commercial first for HBO now for Apple, but um, you know, theirs is so like the price is just great and the content is so awesome on apple tv plus that that's you know not saying if i had to choose one that that would be the one to choose but it certainly would be in the running for the the one i chose yeah sure and i think all the streaming services have a you know really diverse amount of content but you know again we don't want to necessarily go down that road as a discussion topic but uh, (laughs) (laughs) anyway um but you know we'll mention it again uh we are going to talk about season four of Westworld, we are going to spoil the hell out of it. So if you haven't seen Westworld, you better stop listening when we start that discussion. So, right, because we're going to spoil stuff from one seasons one, two, and three. Like it's all on the table for this one. So if you are thinking of watching it at all, um, you definitely don't want to go any further just yet. Go binge Westworld, come back, and that, and then listen to us. Yep, absolutely. Um, so anyway, in terms of what we're going to cover in the future, next time we are going to look at the Game of Thrones prequel, House of the Dragon, and its series premiere episode. And then, as we've said a few times, we are going to look at the Lord of the Rings series. It's called The Power of the Ring, right? The Ring of Power. The, okay. And we will you be... should probably get that straight before we start yeah. talking. <laughs> but we'll be covering the entire season one of that and unless it sucks and then we uh will reevaluate at that point but i i doubt it will suck yeah i doubt well i mean they really man they 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 would have there's a strong avid community that is eagerly awaiting this so if it sucks uh, amazon is going to know it's uh, post haste yeah no kidding so 
All right. Well, I am still going through Manifest. I've got two more episodes to go in season three. And I've mentioned, and I think, I know Michael, who covered the show for Den of Geek, agrees that season three, I don't want to see it say it was off the rails, but it's certainly the weakest of the three. And as I've mentioned, I, I had gone this far. I was going to finish season three. And I got to believe that once Netflix saved the show and gave it a 20 episode season four i have to believe season four is going to be much stronger than three but anyway we shall see um but the other show and i i mentioned it probably a couple of years back it's the pbs series grandchester and it is a you know it's a, a procedural crime show but but the interesting twist is that You've got this London detective, or not London, they're in Cambridge. Uh, It's set in the late 50s, season uh, seven, which just finished, is set in 1959. And, you know, he reminds you visually of Columbo. I mean, he's not that kind of detective, but, you know, he wears the trench coat. It's always rumpled. His shirt's always got, you know, it's just... And well, he doesn't like walk out of the room before he turns quickly back to uh, ask no. <laughs> the the zinger question that's going to get the bad guy to admit his guilt. Uh, no, but the uh, the you know the interesting aspect of the show is that his partner is a local vicar, and uh-huh. you know the the vicar and and uh, okay, s- slight spoiler. This is the second vicar. The first one played by uh, James Norton, left the show at one point. And I thought, all right, well, the show's going to go downhill. No, it went uphill, and that's no knock on the first vicar. So both of them are not what you expect. They both really like the ladies. Uh, you know, One of them drives a motorcycle. They're into jazz. They go to clubs. Uh, so it's just really an interesting character. And it is really <clears throat> just such a well-written show. Season seven just dropped on uh, PBS, which I have mentioned I added through my Amazon account. And wow, what a season finale. And it has been renewed for season eight. And I read an article, and I can't believe the showrunner dropped, I mean, a pretty damn major spoiler for season eight. I'm like, what the hell? Mm. But anyway, Grantchester manifest. That's my world. What, what yeah. are you watching? Well, uh, last night was the series finale of Better Call Saul, and um, you know I can't really talk about it too much because I don't want to spoil it because there's very likely a lot of people haven't seen it, or I guess by the time this drops, maybe you know, people who are watching it certainly should have seen it by then. Anyway, um, it was just great. Such a perfect ending. Not the way I thought it was going to go. I had in my head what I imagined the last episode was going to be like, and it completely wasn't. But then after I watched, I'm like, ah, man, this this is right. This is the way to do it. Um, <clears throat> I'd have to say probably one of the most satisfying finales of any series I'd, I'd ever seen. Um, it just really nailed it uh, and brought – the best thing is they really brought kind of like full circle closure to this character who, I mean, with Breaking Bad came out, 
like what? I don't even, a long time ago, you know? Um, so it's been a long time that Bob Odenkirk has been playing this character and, um, and just this show, I think this was like the seven, well, it's the sixth season. So they've been doing this for like six, seven years. You know, this, they, they really, they stuck the landing is all I will say. And uh, once again, uh, I'm, sh- you know, probably most people who are fans of Breaking Bad were into Better Call Saul. The, you know, the first couple seasons were maybe a bit uneven, but the more they started crossing over into, you know, the events of, of Breaking Bad, I think uh, the, the the show kind of ramped up the intensity a little bit, but it's a great show and uh, love love the ending. <clears throat> the other show, and this one, I don't know where you, I know you're, you're into rock music. I don't know where you are into punk rock music and namely the Sex Pistols, Dave. Well, you know, I, I wasn't a big fan at the time, but, uh, you know, I, I dig that kind of music, sure. Yeah, in my opinion, never mind the Bullocks, here's the Sex Pistols, maybe definitely the top five rock albums of all time, maybe even in the top three, but it's just, I think, it's, you know, and the story of the Sex Pistols is just such a perfect rock and roll story and it was engineered that way like malcolm mclaren purposefully engineered this group to get together to create a a scene and to crash and burn horrifically which is exactly what happened but in their wake arguably one of the most influential bands of of the certainly of the 70s maybe of the the you know the last 30 years of, of the 20th century went on to inspire so many bands, so many people everywhere, especially since they really, they didn't seem like they were very good at what they did. And, and kids everywhere said, well, shit, I can do that. Right. But pistol on Hulu was absolutely spectacular. Uh, fabulous. Danny Boyle, who, um, you know, we've, we've actually did. We talked about 28 days later, I believe uh, one of his movies, but uh, all of his other movies are, are, he's just, he's one of the best, absolutely one of the best. Uh, won an Oscar, I believe, for Slumdog Millionaire. Um, created this uh, six episode miniseries about the rise and fall of the Sex Pistols, and it is just great. It is just so good. I am a sucker for the musical biopic. And you especially love those scenes where. You know, a character starts playing a couple chords and all of a sudden everyone else joins in. And next thing you know, they're playing God Save the Queen, right? Yeah. Um, even though, obviously, from watching uh, Get Back, we realize that oftentimes the creative process is not as, uh, as, as spontaneous as that. You know, it's like a lot more drawn out and even planned out. But still, uh, very cool, uh, those moments. And just to see these characters uh, brought to life was was outstanding. I couldn't recommend it enough. Uh, if you have Hulu, then again, I'm sorry, I apologize. I'm not really trying to push all these streaming services, but it's, it is so, so, so good. Uh, and especially if you like punk music or if you like, especially if you like the Sex Pistols, you should absolutely uh, see it and everything. So. All right. Cool. Um, I just started watching that uh, documentary on Netflix about the 1999 Woodstock Festival. And mm-hmm. 
and what a debacle it was but i don't know I'm, i don't know if i'm gonna keep going maybe if i've got nothing else to watch one day i'll check it out again but <laughs> there you go anyway all right well let's get to Westworld. and as we said if i had a sound effect of a siren i would play that right now with you know spoiler alert spoiler alert in the yeah. background so it might sound like Oh, <laughs> nicely done. Yes. Um, yeah. So, you know, I, I'm going to let you go ahead and, and guide us. I mean, I guess the one thing I would say about this, and I think it is probably common, uh, you know, thought among Westworld fans that seasons one and two were pretty darn strong. Season three was a bit of a letdown, which I don't know that I necessarily agree. I, I mean, yeah, yes, I like season three. A lot. I did too. And I think once you see season four, you can really go back and see the importance of some of the things in season three and, and, you know, how things play out. So, you know, if you're one of those people that gave up after season three, I think we'd both encourage you to, you know, check out season four. And, and Which then, apparently, I mean, that's part of what we'll end up talking about at some point, you know, is that a lot of people, it seems like, have, did give up after season three and didn't come back for season four. And so the the numbers apparently are, are, are down. And so now, you know, there is a concern that we won't get that. Uh, what Lisa Joy said is going to be the final season. You know, if they get season five, that that'll be it for Westworld. Right. And I, I just can't see any scenario where they don't get a season five. I mean, well, fine. Give them four or five episodes if you don't want to give them the full eight. They got to bring it to a to a close. Yeah. Uh, you know, at, at the very least, uh, you know, a, a movie. But I don't know if they could even no no they could wrap it up in that you know. But still, well, let's let's start off talking about that. I mean, why would not having a season five? Why would that suck? Well, I for me, I think it would suck is is that the hosts certainly led by and and what do we call her? I mean, I, I think you go back to episode one of season four, and we have this at least in my mind, this pretty major paradigm shift in that the character that we have come to know and love of Dolores is now suddenly Christina. Right. Living in a modern city wearing, oh my God. I mean, if you're into fashion at all, she just hits it out of the park, I think, with, with the clothing that she wears. And then once we get into her job, we're like, Oh, okay. Uh, what? <laughs> so, you know, once we get that, right. that, that paradigm shift, I mean, it, it's a whole new story, but it's not. Yeah. There's, there's definitely a fair amount of season four of head scratching and what is going on. But, but yeah, and, and we do see what, what Christina's deal is. I do listen to the, um, the Posha recaps Westworld podcast. I think I mentioned that before and they've come up with a number of clever names for, you know, this, um, what they call it? Dolstina, I think is, okay. um, I, I'm not going to do that. When she's got the dark brown hair. I, I feel like she's Christina, but at the end, <clears throat> it's, I think, I think she transfers back into full on. She's back to being Dolores. Um, and we see actually, 
and you talk about like fashion and costuming at the end of the the finale you know christina is well let's you know put it out there i mean she we throughout season four she seems like a mild-mannered computer game uh character creator she finds out probably, I guess maybe episode three or four, she finds out that the stories she's been writing have are the stories that are controlling the human. The humans in, in season four are, are under control, right? They sure. uh, whereas before it was the ho- the hosts, the robots that were being controlled by the humans. Now they are the humans are infected with this swarm of flies which is a very upsetting imagery throughout the first couple episodes here uh and now the humans uh through this whatever you know again what i like is they don't really go into like detail about how it works or anything like that because it is a crazy idea flies infect people with some kind of disease that now uh from this tower these sounds that they make control human behavior and everything right so okay I'll take it. I'll accept it. Right. And then by the end, we, at now in the, we finally in this, in the finale find out that, you know, uh, Christina was the AI that was basically running the show here in, um, I don't, you know, I don't know. There's, they talk about multiple cities. So we know this is Hale city. It's New York city. Um, so, you know, is this just, you know, is, is, are the, all the hosts here? Are the humans just here? Are there other things we, we don't really know? We don't really see outside of it very much except for the, you know, the ragtag band of humans that are resisting the, uh, the, the robot invasion. But so, so yeah, so yeah, we find out Christina is actually an AI and, and then she gets put into the sublime which is from season two, it's like kind of like robot heaven, I guess, so to speak. It's where the artificial intelligences can go and they are safe. They can create their own worlds there and they are free of human interference when they're in the sublime. Uh, Charlotte, Hale, you know, the more I talk about it, the more plot threads I realize I'm kind of unweaving and all this. But, um, you know, so, so Hale uh, puts Christina's brain ball in uh in the sublime and we see that transformation at first when she first brings herself online in the sublime she's got the blue dress that uh dolores wore back in westworld but her hair is still the long brown dark brown hair of christina but by the end of the episode which was just actually a couple of minutes later uh her hair is back with the blonde and pulled back uh, hair that she had when she was Dolores. So I think by the end of this episode, she has fully become Dolores, but not necessarily the, the Dolores that went and exactly killed all the humans, you know, back in season one. So, right. And, and we're back in Westworld, the familiar theme park that, that we see at the beginning of the series. So, you, you know, I mean, you, you asked me a few minutes ago, why I think we need a season five, I mean, could we end the series with, you know, the image of, you know, as you just said, Dolores back in her blue dress, uh, back in the familiar West world where we were introduced to her? Yeah, I mean, we could, <clears throat> but I think once we understand 
what her plan is by the end of season four, which is basically to, I don't want to say necessarily burn everything down and start over, but that's kind of what she wants to do. Give humanity and the hosts another chance to do it right this time. And I, and I think a lot of season four, we were never exactly sure who was human and who was a host. And, you know, when you, when you think about characters and actors that'll be back for a season five, if, if they get a season five and you can't say, well, he or she got killed, so they're not going to be back. Well, come on. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, I think death, we death know, is not necessarily a thing in, in Westworld. Right. I mean, we know human William is not going to be back, but right. You know, and, and human, a lot of them, but I, I guess I look at Westworld as a metaphor, certainly on one level of what's going on in real life. And, you know, there's always that feeling that, God, we've gotten so off track, you know, as a society that, you know, can we ever regain a balance? Do we need to burn everything down and start over, which would be pretty extreme. But I mean, mean, it's certainly something we have to think about. And and you look at Westworld and, and that's kind of what she wants to do you know uh, and and the final I, I guess the final decision that i guess it's hale makes but hale is dolores right yeah so, everything every, everyone is, is well dolores was the first host way 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 back um and then when she escapes from the park in season two at the end where she killed the human Charlotte Hale um, and then had already created a replacement robot body. Um, the brain ball, quote, unquote, the little brain that they, they carry, uh, that she puts in her head is, is her, Dolores. Um, and then she has like five other uh, of those balls that you know, most of season two are wondering, well, who is it? Who did she bring out? Who, you know, who, whose brain balls does she have? It turns out they were all her. So literally every host is based on her, you know, basic, I guess, I don't want to say genetic, you know, her, her initial programming, I guess, or whatever. Right. And then um, I guess they evolve, you know, given their yes. circumstances along the way. I mean, is Bernard is his pearl Dolores is, I, I can't remember that, but no, that I'm pretty sure his is his. Okay. That he, because he makes it out of the park in season two. And that was like, kind of like a big thing. They, with the first two seasons did a lot of playing with what time are we in right now? You know? Right. And, and uh, season two was especially confusing because uh, Bernard was like, kind of remembering stuff and but we were we were seeing it as you know he it's happening right now and everything but yeah he makes it out of the park yeah i can't remember remember. (laughs) wow uh i can't remember what his deal was season three but yeah it's 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 him oh yeah well yeah and then he and and Stubbs kind of got out and then he at the end of season three um hooks up the 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 thing to his head that he was able to because he has the key to the sublime. That's why 
Dolores at the time was trying to to get at him. And uh, he um, so he goes into the sublime and spends, you know, as, as he says there, um, a year there is like a millennia. I'm sorry, you're here on Earth is like a millennium in the sublime. And he was there for like 30 years. So, I mean, that's, he, he was in the sublime for, you know, to, if he as using his math for about 30,000 years, where he was able to, you know, run through multiple, very Doctor Strange in, in, uh, in, uh, Infinity War or Endgame, Endgame style uh is able to run through all the possibilities of of what could happen right and that's a great thing about season four when he's talking to uh stubs more often than not that uh yeah i ran that scenario and you die in fact all the scenarios you die (laughs) yeah but 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 then again in in that that final showdown between hale and uh mave where right is it where he's told her you know look to your left and he's got a gun hidden there. oh that's that's she that's william oh william that's right that's right yeah you know because was unfortunately and quickly dispatched in the previous right 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 so uh you know stuff like that you know as you said he he's run so many iterations of the way things could play out and and they're all slightly different and and you know, like we, we've talked about in time loops, uh, particularly the, the one episode in, in Travelers, that, okay, you know what just happened, now you can anticipate it, but then something else happens and, and, and we go from there. But anyway, you know, you asked me, why do we have to have a season five? Well, I, I think we have to see the way Dolores' plan plays out. I mean, yeah. you know, we are going to see humans and hosts interact i I don't know if we're going to like because they're in the sublime okay totally ai yeah okay no no humans allowed okay and you know that then gets back to to kind of what we see in in season four as you've mentioned that that the humans are being controlled you know via the the fly thing however that works but the AI are all, you know, the hosts are also being controlled by uh, Christina's stories. So, so now I guess what we suspect we'll see is a world, I guess, Westworld populated entirely by hosts, by AI. And the question is, will they do a better job of coexisting than the human race did. Right. Which I guess, because it's uncertain, you know, she talks at the end about running one final game and she calls it a couple times. She calls it the most dangerous game or a most dangerous game. Right. But, but anybody that's gone to school, my God, if you don't get that reference, then. Right. Right. Exactly. So we know that there's going to be more violence and hunting happening in the next season. That's not going away. But you know, I, I find myself like, what exactly is the game for? What is she trying to, you know, she says it's some kind of final test. Um, you know, is it to test whether the, you know, the, that they can then come back out and exist in the world with the humans? As far as we know, we know there's at least two human beings still alive. 
there's probably more again from this you know um uh the 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 girl frankie right uh who's actually did you know who that is i you know i i was gonna tell you i'll let you go ahead and say it yeah it's just, it's, uh, it's your favorite show dude i, I you know <laughs> i i, I like laws i just like I it drives me nuts like how some sometimes you hear people that just all they want to talk about is lost and everything so anyway uh, aurora perino uh which her father michael perino right no, well, no the, character the character was michael harold harold right, right? yeah uh, Perinu, like, uh, was played Michael on Lost and everything. This is his daughter, which is actually, I have to admit, that's pretty cool. And not only that, but I mean, the kid can act. I mean, she was, she was really, really good. Um, especially in this episode, uh, the scenes where, you know, between her and, um, and Aaron Paul, who plays Caleb, her father, um, were really like super touching and the, you know, the scene where you know they she leaves on the boat and he's like you know I've, I'm I'm done I've, this is as far as I go I'm staying back you know it was such a, just such a good scene like two really I mean that's one thing the the acting in this you can, I know people like you know go after like some of the stories and everything about this and some of the plot lines but you know if if you just want to go watch this for the acting that you would be definitely satisfied because the acting this is just absolutely spectacular and the the people that they have the actors that they have are are all just outstanding and that's why when like uh Maeve gets killed we're like oh no more Tandaway Newton like come on man that can't that can't be you know or when Dolores actually at the end of season three we you know met her her end we just like you knew like they weren't done with Evan Rachel Wood you know they're gonna bring her back somehow so, like, I feel pretty strongly that, um, well, I, you know, obviously James Marsden, we're going to see uh, his version of Teddy that Christine actually created for herself says, you know, go find me. So I'm sure we'll see James Marsden again. Jeffrey Wright and Tandaway Newton are looking not so great for them. Uh, their brain balls are still out in, in IRL, you know, and plus with bullets in them. Though, as we saw, you know, Charlotte was able to bounce back from a, a bullet wound to the, the brain ball. So, you know, there is a possibility, right? And, and because they're out in the real world, like maybe humans find them and get them back online. Um, so, I, you know, who knows? But to your point of, of, you know, what would, why would no season five suck? Just because, yeah, like you said, like there is definitely story to be told here still and we want to get like i i can't it's tough to to think of, of our final interaction with mave is her just getting taking a bullet to the head and then that's it yeah yeah you know, like this is a character so developed so deeply developed over four seasons just to snuff her like that and then that's it like come on man and same with jeffrey wright's character bernard like yeah that can't be it for bernard either yeah, uh, well, like you mentioned, uh, Caleb's daughter, Frankie, and, you know, we we certainly know Frankie is still alive, as is her partner, who I've mentioned before, she was Sheriff Joy's partner in Outer Range. Yes. Right, so we know those two are alive, and, and there are other outliers, so, you know, is Dolores' plan to bring them into this final game that, that she's planning to you know but but before i 
you know, ask this question, that final scene at the dock, for me, what made it even more poignant, and it was already extremely poignant, is that she knows he's an AI. Right. Yet she never wavers in seeing him as her father. And I thought that was really beautiful. And, and, and that alone gives me hope that the human race, given another shot to coexist with the AI, might do a better job. Be- yeah, because, that, that's a great point. Because, yeah. I mean, if we have Westworld and we have humans paying their way to come to Westworld, and you know, maybe it's a completely different game. But if that's the case, that we've got humans coming to play in Westworld, obviously sex has to be part of the equation. The question is, how will the humans treat I don't even want to call them prostitutes, but, but you know, the, the sex workers, so to speak this time right. around. Well, well, I mean, there's, there's a couple of problems with that. Cause first of all, the new West world is completely virtual. Right. Um, so I, I guess they could buy, you know, I mean, this is almost, so then you're the, saying the there's not going to be second. humans. I, I'm thinking the humans will not be, well, but, but you're right. I mean, maybe they're, because the, the, this is, literally almost the 22nd century yeah by the time the end of season four uh, and we've seen the you know the technology that can you know you get bitten by a fly and then you're controlled by robots so who's to say that there's not some kind of tech by which the humans would be able to somehow their consciousness would be able to access the the sublime but but yeah, you know you're you're absolutely right as well. Like the the one of the big problems before was that the the hosts were being treated as 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 livestock, right? Right, and with humans having sex with them or shooting them or or beating them up or whatever, and, and treating them like they were like dolls. Um, when they, in reality, they were sentient beings. Right. So that is, you know, was the, the basis of, of, of the eventual downfall of the human race was, was how horribly and callously the humans treated the hosts in the beginning. So that, that, you know, and you're right to say, to, to return to Westworld, there is some suggestion that we're going to return to those, or at least address those those concepts and, and, and from before. Right. Yeah, I mean, as opposed to the battle royale that Hale sets up, you know, at, at the end. And and I don't know about you, but at, at the beginning of episode eight, I was certainly getting, a, you know, a, a very Epitaph 2 vibe. Yes. Yeah, well, yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, where we just see dead bodies lying everywhere. And again, we don't know which ones are human, which ones are AI, but it's it's just simply survival of the fittest. We get Steven Ogg back, though. It's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so, yeah, I mean, um, you know, and the other thing I, I really enjoy, and we've talked about this in all, all sorts of series, that – you never want to split your main cast up for too long. Now, having said that, Westworld 
has done that repeatedly. But here in this season where we see Bernard and Maeve as a team, Christina and, and Teddy, or, or at least the version of Teddy that she has created, um, really, I, I guess, to help herself through what, you know, you know, consciously she doesn't really know what she's doing, but obviously she learns in the end. And then, of course, Frankie and Stubbs. And, you know, again, you talk about characters that, that we'll hate to lose. But, you know, we've mentioned the sublime. And, you know, if you watch the show back in, I guess it was season two, when the hosts had that choice to walk into the sublime. And in season four, and we're at the Grand Canyon and we see that rift. That's supposed to be the sublime right on the other side. Yes. Um, but my understanding was once they walked into the sublime, they lost their bodies, but now their consciousness, their their pearl, uh, is stored in the sublime. Yes. Okay. So when we talk about all these characters, you know, when is dead, dead? Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I can't imagine they won't then come back and say, oh, well, Bernard's consciousness is stored in the sublime or, you know, whatever. They'll, they'll figure out a way to keep the main characters around, assuming the actors want to do <laughs> season five, which is often an issue w- with with shows. So, right. And, and I've heard like, you know, I've, I've read this actually. I mean, one thing they're up against is because, you know, you don't have forever. You can't have like a 10-year reunion of Westworld because the actors age, the hosts do not, right? Right, right. Ed Harris so especially. Yeah, right. Um, so it's, it's you can't wait, you know, like five, 10 years to, to redo Westworld. So I'm I'm hoping that the, despite the purge that seems like is happening over at, at HBO based on their new merger, that um, – that that this show will will survive because it really is worth it. I mean, for me, it's worth it. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it, it, it depends on whether it's worth it for them, right? Because like they're it, it's a business, and obviously, they if a show is not making money, that then uh, you know it's not going to get the green light. So, fingers crossed. Okay. All right. What next? Um, well, a couple of things. Just one thing about Christina, um, because you mentioned like she she is. We see. She, even though she is the program that is basically running the humans' world in at least in New York, she doesn't know that, and she creates these friends of hers. I can't remember the actress's name. She's really good. She played Anita in West Side Story, but it's like her best friend, uh, you know. And then James Marsden and everything. So you know, everything, all, all these people she interacts with, it, it's just um, her boss and everything. They're they're just iterations of herself talking to herself. I thought this kind of goes back to because she is Dolores, right? Everything is based on Dolores's code. And the one thing about Dolores was she was always wondering about the the nature of her reality. Right. Right. And that was a question even back in the day when Arnold, uh, who created her, would ask her that question all the time. Um, and so, of course, she's not going to just – you know, blindly go to work every day, write these stories and go home. Like she's going to start asking certain questions because that's just the nature of, of Dolores. And, and in the end, uh, it is, you know, the, the, uh, it turns out the point was 
to get her into the sublime. I think that was what the, the, that little glimmer of hope that Bernard was talking about was, was to get her, you know, her consciousness into the sublime and then to create you know, whatever she does from there, you know, which will be really interesting, hopefully, that we will see. So one thing I would say, like, if this, if we didn't get a season five, though, I don't know if I would be totally, I, I think this works fairly well as a series finale, if, if they don't get more. It, it would be devastating that they didn't get more, but I think they were able to wrap up enough of the story that we have that I'm somewhat okay with it. I, I, it's just, I kind of always base everything on the, the end of the Sarah Connor Chronicles, which, which just leaves you on such a complete cliffhanger. But, but this one, I feel like they, there was enough resolution going on that if this was it, I would, I would be disappointed, but in, in some part of me is okay with that. Yeah. And I feel the same way. And, and, uh, you know, it, it, it certainly gives podcasters and thinking television viewers something to turn over as, as we're doing right now. I mean, you know, hopefully we'll get it, but if we don't, like you said. So I, I just wrote like a couple of talking points down. I'll let you choose which of these. I'll, I'll give you two, and we'll be like a choose-your-own-adventure here. Okay. All right. So do you want to talk about our favorite characters, or would you want to talk about uh, the commentary that Westworld seems to make on human existence? Well, you know, I, I mean, we can kind of maybe even merge both of them. I mean, okay. I, I think the commentary on human existence is, is what these kinds of shows do so well, whether it's Westworld or humans, you know, Sarah Connor Chronicles to a lesser extent. I mean, you know, they would they have fleshed out, you know, the relationship between Cameron and uh, John Connor if they had more seasons? Yeah, probably, you know, uh, and, and maybe we would have gone there, but they were still in kind of full on Terminator mode. Uh, you know, in their season and a half that they, they had. And, and I think that's what's so important for us as a human race to consider, you know, you know, why are we the way we are? You know, you just mentioned Bernard and, and, you know, actually, you know, cause we find out that that was maybe the biggest WTF moment in Westworld when we learned that Bernard was not human. Yes. And that really was just, you know, Robert Ford uh, or or, yeah. or Robert Ford's partner or whatever. That question, you know, have you ever considered, you know, you know your exist? I forget what the exact wording is, but the nature of your reality, the nature of your reality. And, and, and you know, the, the next step, of course, is, well, how do you see your self within that reality and, you know, extrapolate it out? Well what's the meaning of life? You know, how do I fit in? Where do I find meaning in my life? And I think what we learn from these shows as that is that you AI or human, you know, it is important and, and that the hosts, you know, ultimately, and whether it's because of the reverie that Robert Ford built into Dolores and, and that's what was that, that spark that allowed her to question her reality 
I just think that's fascinating that that both human and a- AI do that. And you know, as we've said many times, I mean, as the AI gets more sophisticated, I mean, you know, how is an AI brain really that different from the human brain? Exactly, and and there, you know, there's the scene here where you know, like Charlotte is talking to William or the Man in Black, I guess. Um, by the way, how awesome is it? Oh, I know what you're going to say. Go ahead. Driving in that truck, listening to the Man in Black, yep. <laughs> whose Ring of Fire is playing. That was like, I was like, oh my god, that is classic. That was great. But uh, but yeah, and, and you know, she says. You know, he mentions how, well, you know, what did you expect to happen, you know, when you made me in the image of this guy who is just a, you know, a maniac. And she's like, but, you know, like, basically, you're not him. And he's like, but what's the difference? You know, like, basically. And when we see that, we saw that in, in um, season three with the, uh, Charlotte slash Dolores character. Um, the more she spent in Charlotte Hale's body and living her life, the more she like you know she became attached to her son and and to her ex husband and things like that. So the yeah to your point like what is that? What is 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 just is if the intelligence is artificial, it's still an intelligence, right? Does that mean not alive because it's created? But if it can think and make decisions and everything like it, it, so it just calls a lot into the questions of what our existence is. And, and, you know, we see the, you know, this whole, all these characters going into the sublime and, and living their lives there, you know, are they aware? Like, you know, like Bernard, who was not aware that he was a host, Stubbs, who wasn't aware that he was a host you know it's it's how you can the the truth of your existence can be so different from what you you think it is right yeah. and, and you know i i mentioned whether the idea of you know sex will work its way into dolores's new test world and and, and then it just occurred to me you know when, when you know certainly we, we see Teresa Cullen, who is, you know, directing Westworld and, and she's having an affair with Bernard. And then, of course, we learn, well, wait a minute. So she knew she was having an affair with a host. I don't think she did. You don't think she did? Okay. No, I don't think she did. Okay. So I don't think even because even Bernard didn't know that he was. A host, okay. So, so you think only think. Robert Ford knew? Yes. Okay. Okay. And that makes yeah. sense. And Dolores okay. to, to some. To some, I guess that makes the irony even more delicious when, <laughs> than when, yeah. we, when we learn that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but, but you're right. You're, you're to that point. You know that Bernard was so expertly made that you know not only did he not know he that he was a host, but others couldn't tell. Yeah, that he was a host, and, and that's even at the end of, like you said, the the the, the battle royale happening at the beginning of of episode eight of season four. No one knows who is who, right? You'll know whether, except the the one guy I think shoots the one who shoots him like in the heart, and he keeps going. It was a girl, actually, the late the woman, and she realizes, ah, oh, this it's a host, right? So she has to aim for the the brain uh, to to put him down. 
so so yeah like i mean just that that line is, is so blurred so it would be it, it will be interesting i think it's ultimately because we know there are still humans alive um and we know the hosts are alive and even though uh, you know, it seems like Christina or Dolores is going to create this world and try to rid it of all these human influences that kind of tarnished the host before. You think ultimately there there has to be some kind of, at some point where the two sides of the two worlds are have to reconcile with one another. Well, well, right. And I think that's one of the fundamental questions when we get to the end of season eight, uh, season four, episode eight, will the humans be part of this test? And then you have to look at it. Well, okay, how is that going to happen? You can't see any scenario where the outliers, as we know them now, like Frankie and her partner and, and you know, however, they're not going to agree to come to a version of Westworld and be part of this test. I mean, I, you know, I can't see that. So, do we see this great time leap where the human race has, you know, continued and the ones with a lot of money can come to Westworld and let this game play out? So obviously time doesn't mean anything to the hosts. Right. So, you know, is that what we're going to see that, that there'll be this, you know, incremental time leap of, you know, I don't 10 years, 20 years. I, I don't know. Yeah, which is the show has done. Sure. Right? They, they've they made big leaps in time. And we saw this at the beginning of season four. We thought it was only like an eight-year leap in time. But it turns out it was actually like a 30-year leap in time. Right. Um, and we did see that going back and forth, you know, for, for a few episodes where we're not exactly sure – where things fit into the timeline. Cause we see Frankie as an adult and then we see Frankie as a 10 or 11 year old. Right. It was cool. Um, yeah. but you asked me favorite characters. It's so difficult because you know, on the one hand, the, I think for most people, the character of Dolores, Christina, it, it's hard not to fall in love with that character. But I guess one of the characters that I've always liked is Clementine. And, okay, yeah. and she's been gone for a while and then kind of resurfaces here and to see really a completely different Clementine than the one we knew, especially back in season one at the saloon, I just thought was really cool. And again, <laughs> she gets cut short. I, I guess it's William that takes her out as well. Um, we actually think she's going to succeed. And then of course she didn't watch game of Thrones. So yeah, she had a chance right. to shoot, but no, no, right. Um, exactly. Never turn your back. Yep. So, you know, I really like her stubs. I mean, how do you not love stubs? Yeah, he's definitely, yeah. He, he's great. Definitely so I, I don't know. You know, that's a, that's a tough question. Um, yeah, Clementine is especially is, I would say one of the most tragically underused characters. Sure. Here, or I guess we say character, but we mean really like the actor itself. I can't remember her name. I'm sorry, but you know, at first Clementine is just a you know she's a, a sex worker for Maeve, and she is a host, and she does not question her reality. Right? She is a good foil to Maeve because Maeve is starting to see the the cracks. She's starting to see the the game 
Um, but Clementine doesn't. But the, and so it's, they play off each other really well. You know, and then at the end of season two, she kind of turns into this kind of zombie uh, Clementine that uh, you know they, the the humans send her in to try and take out uh, the host. They I can't remember what they infected her with, but they put like some kind of program in her that was like making all the hosts fight and kill each other as as she rode by on her horse. And then we see her as an assassin in season three. She goes in with uh, Dolores to to take out. Or, no, I'm sorry. With uh, I think she's working for Charlotte. I can't remember. Uh, and then again, uh, fulfilling that kind of that same type of role here at at the end. But wanting in the end of her character's arc, she wants to get away. She wants to find the desert where the humans are because she thinks that would be a good place where she could maybe find some peace. Right. It seems like um, so. A really interesting arc. For that character, though, like I said, would love to see a lot more of, of that actress because she's really good yeah. at it. Um, I would probably say, uh, you know, I, I like Stubbs a lot, too. Like, Luke Hemsworth as Stubbs was was fabulous. Um, and again, just his death, so quick and unceremonious, you know, like, just boom. That's it. Shot, shoved his face into, like, a, a part of the... Those hangers that hold the shelves up in the store—it was—it was kind of brutal. Some of these characters that we really have come to love, and how quickly they're disposed of in in season four. Um, also, and, Jeff. And, and, sorry, go ahead. And yeah, Jeffrey Wright uh, you know, with Bernard and, and Maeve as well. I mean, they're just so obvious. I mean, let, let's all assume that that we love them, <laughs> right? Um, you know who I actually miss a lot was Jimmy Simpson as as young William. Yeah, yeah. I saw him you in know? something recently. Um, I can't remember what it was. You know, and that was the bit. You know, the first big turn was that you know we're seeing the Man in Black, and then we see you know William coming to Westworld, and you know the the scenes are intercut with each other, and so we get a, a feeling that. It's happening at the same time, but we learn that in reality, it's not. That what we're seeing is Jimmy Simpson is the young William and the man in black is the older William. And so how, how did he, he get, and you know, I don't think we ever really 100% saw how the one guy got, except for they, they had that, that great scene in season three where um, William has to confront all his other selves, including himself as a, a child. And everything that's you know they sit there like in a therapy session and, and jimmy simpson was in on that scene so but you know just uh he was such a great character and i actually was kind of I, I was, because people were talking about oh he's really the man in black and everything and i was just kind of like looking for ways like no he can't be true look he's got like a mole on his face william doesn't have a mole on his face he can't be you know like i just didn't want it to be true because the one character is so vicious and jaded and the other character is so kind of almost wide-eyed and naive and everything. And so, you know, how does that one character get to the other? And so I, I kind of miss that, that, that gee whiz, you know, type of mentality with the, uh, the early, early William, young William. Yeah. You know, the other thing that, that strikes me, you know, as you're talking about the man in black is the black white imagery that we see throughout the 
episodes uh, throughout the seasons, and and certainly it begins when somebody comes to Westworld and they take them down to outfit them and okay, pick a hat, you know, and on one side are the black hats, on the other side are the white hats, and you know, I, I guess I look at that one of a couple of ways. I mean, that in some respects the world really is black and white it's either right or it's wrong that that's so many things there's not really a gray area yet on the other hand most things you can you know see things well it's kind of black but it's kind of white and you know and and uh, i mean I, i think if dolores is going to run this final test you wonder whether the whole black white thing is going to be abandoned. Yeah, that's that's actually a great question because, as you said, we have seen Westworld as time and time again has shown that the world is not binary, right? right. There, there isn't just you can't say that's human, that's host, right? Because we have like Caleb, right? Caleb is kind of human, kind of host, right? So, so yeah, that but that that's a great question. Um, whether that uh, that binary aspect will return in in Dolores's world. Yeah. And, and to a certain extent, again, not to belabor the point, but I don't know how she's going to get humans to be part of this equation. If that's where we're headed and maybe it is just going to be strictly a host world. So, you know, that's, that's, but you know, then there's one thing about that is you see when Charlotte puts like Christina's brain ball into the, the up whatever the, yeah right the, right the thing that holds it right i thought that it would like you know then go down and would there would be something closing over top of it to protect but it, it's not it's just sit it's like just apparently literally just sitting there out in, in um you know for for anyone to think now that being said maybe her consciousness is now inside the sublime so it doesn't matter if someone went and knocked the brain ball off or crushed it or anything that she would she's already inside the sublime so it wouldn't matter but i was just surprised that that wasn't protected a little bit better like in new york where you know that was underneath the hologram on the holograph of the the city there yeah and you know and the other thing that that strikes me about this test that she's setting up is that you know if we look at it in terms of the real world you know our world that on the one hand, if you don't include the human race as part of this this test world, then really what you're doing is you're setting up this separatist society, which you you know well, that that we could look at what we've certainly done in America and and a lot of countries that you know the whole racial equality issue that well what are we going to do separate but equal well yeah that didn't work out very well and uh, as it shouldn't have and that that we're trying to you know see everybody as being equal and everybody is having the same opportunity we're not saying okay this race you go over in your world this race you're in that world this race you're, you you know that's not what we're doing yeah. so if she does that that the world is only ai well okay i guess you could then look at it as she's testing her own like look if we can't live peacefully with ourselves how on earth can we go out and live with the human race 
Yeah, good point. So maybe it's the first test before that, if if that's the case. So well, and there's also actually kind of to my point as well. It's like the the physical, like where they are, the sublime, but is that not supported by actual things in the real world, like actual servers, actual right. you know things that can break down, that can be destroyed. Uh, they're in the Hoover Dam, you know, like if there's no humans to maintain the Hoover Dam, does the Hoover Dam last forever? Eventually, no, probably all that water is going to eventually wear it away and destroy it. Right. So, you know, is there, you know, maybe Dolores, as you said, does have to somehow reconcile this world with the humans world because, you know, they ultimately this world could be the physical aspects that their world relies on for existence can end. Yeah. Right. Now you don't necessarily need humans to maintain that infrastructure. She could certainly have hosts do that. So that's uh, a good point too. Right. Right. um, But anyway, um, you know, what else? (laughs) Um, I think we have pretty much kind of, I mean, we could go on for hours, literally. Yeah. Yeah. Well, just uh, one more thing. It's just like, so I, I put it like, what is your, your favorite aspect of the show? Like, I just listed a couple, like the, the acting, the direction, the writing, the costumes, the sets, the music, the choreography. Like, out of those, if you had to take one thing and say, hey, you should watch Westworld because of the... Well, I mean, the writing, I, I think, especially in season four, is just so strong. The dialogue is so strong and i think one of the things that that continually strikes me about the dialogue is is that these are hosts these are ai and you know we always talk about the turing test in in terms of ai it it would be ridiculous to give any of these hosts the turing test because of course they would pass Mm-hmm. Um, on the other hand, season three, I'll just, uh, I mentioned earlier, I love the fashion in season three. Yes. And, and it goes beyond Dolores. I mean, you know, even the men's clothing, um, and of course it's kind of set against, um, you know, the way we see Caleb, but then even Frankie and her band, I, I love that kind of, you know, warrior type gear that's got a slightly uh, futuristic feel to it, but not, definitely a Mad Max feel yeah, to it. Right? Yeah, yeah, but uh, so yeah, I would say the writing and the costumes. Okay, um, I would. I didn't list cinematography, but when you now you just mentioned that, that's probably what I would go with is the cinematography for a lot of the reasons you just said. Um, it starts off in season one with these incredible landscapes, and and we see you know the hills of the west, everything really awesome. Um, actually, and we can see it too, which was nice because it was in the daytime, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> nice. And, um, you know, and then like, like season three taking place in a futuristic society in Los Angeles was really the, uh, awesome as well. And then a lot of what, you know, the, this, the, the cinematography for also season four was, was just spectacular. It was so, so good. I also make a case for music being uh, really good as well, and especially they have the in the first couple seasons uh, the player piano that would play um, like Radiohead songs, right? And, right. Uh, you know, there was the when they went to Shogun World, um, they had a uh, a version of Paint It Black by the Rolling Stones. 
there was uh, this season. I think they had the the bad guy, Billy Eilish. They did when they were in um, when they were in Temperance World, right? Well, one of them. Yeah. So you know, there's just like a a lot of the the music was was really cool too, and and such a big part of it and everything. So I would kind of, I mean, obviously the acting and directing and writing they're all yeah right spectacular. And if I was really going to answer that question, I would say. Yeah, I wouldn't say, oh, you have to watch Westworld because the cinematography is so amazing. No, I would say watch it because the acting is outstanding. Like th- these are, you know, the people, A-list people at the top of their game. And, and uh, you know, that's f- for sure. You know, I, dude, I assumed that the Hoover Dam was all CGI. And, you know, if you watch those little after clips, uh, no, they were they were at the Hoover Dam. And nice. And there were, you know, watching them film, it's like just, just freaking amazing. So, uh, yeah. So, uh, oh, and the other thing in, in one of those, and I forget whether it was uh, Lisa Joy or Jonathan Nolan, her husband, who are the, you know, the, the showrunners and I guess creators of the show. Uh, one of them mentioned that, you know, in this scene, you, you can see off in the background, you can see what looks to be like Shogun World or one of the other worlds. So it's like, you know, maybe we'll get back to those. Maybe we, you know, but, you know, you if you really look, you can see it. I, I didn't forget which episode it's in. I guess you'd have to go back and look. But anyway, I'm good. Okay. Yeah, I think I'm I'm good, too. All right. All right. Well, let's hear what Fred's got for us this week, and we will be right back. Hello, Dave and Wayne, and all listeners to Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. This is Fred from the Netherlands with some feedback to the topic AI in film and television. I thought, didn't we do something like that before? And indeed, I looked it up. There was a topic, Sci-Fi TV Rewatch 257, Science fiction TV and the AI search for self. But when I looked it up, it (laughs) proved to be July 2018. It actually was my 24th audio feedback. And now I'm over the 240, 246 or something like that. So that I was only on 10% of what I have done now. And I noticed I wrote everything down that I recorded so i had a lot of work preparing my audio feedback had written down every sentence and still having a lot of ums in the recording because at that time i didn't use audacity so i recorded and when there was a mistake i had to re-record the whole audio feedback but fortunately we can do that differently now thanks to ai no it's not ai it's just a For nostalgia reasons, and it fits in the topic, I have a little clip from my audio feedback from July 2018. Hello, Dave and Wayne. This is Fred from the Netherlands with some feedback for the Sci-Fi TV Rewatch podcast episode 257. Okay, in the episode 256, you suggested uh, about the theme science fiction and the AI search for self. Uh, that you would talk about Battlestar Galactica, Humans, Westworld, Dollhouse, and the Sarah Connor Chronicles. I did watch Battlestar Galactica, um, the 1978 series, in my teen years, but not so much beyond. Humans I only discovered very recently because you were mentioning that series in one of the Dollhouse podcasts. 
the only thing I watched is the season one trailer. Westworld as a series I surely want to watch. I tried to watch uh, this season one before season two started last April, but I couldn't manage it to get it all done. Of course, I did watch Dollhouse and a season two even very recently, but I think I have said enough about that series in your 11 recent podcasts about that series. And I didn't watch the Sarah Connor Chronicles at all. Okay, that was four years ago. Well, a lot is still true. Didn't see any Battlestar Galactica onward than I just told. Dollhouse is clear. Especially for this episode of Sci-Fi TV Rewatch, I watched the premiere of Westworld and will give some feedback on that. Since I know you are going to talk about season 4 and I do hope you will not spoil too much or make at least a spoiler section. In the previous podcast about the movie Archive, the 220 movie Archive, I said a lot about AI. So I liked the AI, for instance, in the LMD arc of season 4 of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., I liked the film Ex Machina, of which this new film archive reminds me a lot. And I liked the series Extant with Hal Berry and the little guy in the series called Eaton. I did start on the Sarah Connor Chronicles though, by rewatching the Terminator films. Okay, let's go into the pilot of Westworld. And for people who even didn't see that one, they should switch off or um, go fast forward for about one and a half to two minutes. First off, it was strange to see Sitze Babette Knutsen here as Teresa Cullen. She plays the prime minister in a Danish uh, political drama called Borgen. Strange to hear her speak English here and swear a lot. The first episode is quite intriguing but also a little bit confusing because you're still not completely sure who is a host and who is just a real person. Very intriguing is the whole infrastructure that's behind this so-called amusement park. Although it's running for 30 years you see here a lot can go wrong and that's of course the interesting part here. And you already see a little sparkle and I think that will extend of the AI becoming self-aware and sentient. I think there is a little bit of unnecessary nudeness in the pilot. I don't know how that goes further in the series. I'm having nothing against <laughs> nudeness. But I think here it's okay when these androids are stored, for instance, I can imagine you put them in storage just bare as they are. But if they are kind of interviewed or something like that, that they have to be in the nude is a bit uh, over the top, I think. It really gives them a kind of audience drawing impression. Okay, that will be all for now. Greetings. All the best. Fred from the Netherlands. Now, when when Fred started talking about uh, you know the search for AI, I I, I got a little concerned because you know I try to keep Fred, especially now that we're our, our recording schedule is so out of whack, that I let Fred know. Well, 
we're going to do, you know, AI and television and film. And, and he messaged me back, well, you guys already did that. I'm like, oh, okay. And then well, I searched and, you know, the, the AI search for self. So then you and I talked and, and we decided on Westworld and I, you know, messaged Fred back uh, about us doing Westworld. So, you know, the beginning of his, his feedback, I thought, oh, did he not get that Westworld message? But of course you get through his feedback and, and he, he did. So I, I think the thing I would bring up about Fed, uh, Fred's feedback is when he mentions, uh, you know, the nudity in Westworld and, and admittedly he's only seen, you know, I, I think he said the first episode of season one. And, you know, on the one hand, you know, part of this Westworld world is the the sex workers and, you know, these people coming in and they're paying for sex and okay, fine. So there, but then he also mentions the storage facility where the hosts are just stored, waiting repair, awaiting, you know, use in another story and they're all naked and, and, you know, he brings that up. And I guess I, I look at it like, well, I mean, they're mannequins to the humans that are running Westworld. And if you had a, you know, department store and you had a storeroom full of mannequins, you wouldn't put clothes on them. That's how they see the hosts. So to me, that makes sense. It almost wouldn't make sense the other way. Yes. I mean, if you had a, a, a storage area of characters that were ready to go, then of course they would, you know, be dressed accordingly. And, you know, but that's not the sense we get. So, yeah. Well, and much as mannequins in the store, you don't have clothes for, you have clothes for your, the characters that you put out in the world. Right. Right. So when they, you know, are need one of these bodies from cold storage, they pull up. So, yeah, I mean, like it, I could definitely in the one hand, see how people might look at that as gratuitous. But on the other hand, your point is dead on. Right, it is a statement as to how the humans perceive the hosts. They do not treat them as sentient beings; they treat them, as you said, as mannequins, as dolls, as things, and and that it, it turns out to be the undoing of the human race, yep. as we we later see. Yep. So, uh, all right, uh, anything else about Fred's feedback? Well, just I would say that the I don't think there's any nudity at all in seasons three and four of the show that really gets in fact in the the i think the seventh episode is it or, or was it the eighth that where, where christina is finally comes i guess is the eighth episode which she her the 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 teddy part of her personality convinces her that you know she is a, a you know, whatever, like a, a robot or, or an intelligence and not an actual human she goes into the bathtub and she like kind of holds herself under the water and then has the big moment. She comes out and we get this, you know, this, this baptismal type of rebirth imagery going on here, but she goes into the, much as Olivia did in fringe, she goes into the bath in her underwear and you get a feeling there that of just Evan Rachel Wood saying, yeah, uh, now nah. <laughs> you know, I'll get in the bathtub, but I, I, I'm not going to be naked. Yeah, yeah, you know, and I thought about that at the time because, you know, on the one hand, I thought, well, okay, you know, I get that Evan Rachel Wood doesn't want to do a nude scene, and and that's fine. I respect that. Absolutely. 
but then don't have her get into the bathtub. Figure out another way to have her have that that epiphany or whatever we want to call it. But then once you realize why she got into the bathtub, it was almost like, you know, okay, is she drowning herself? Is that what she's trying to do here? You know, and so I, I think her purpose was different that, you know, once I realized why she got into the bathtub, it made more sense that, that she went in in her underwear. Right. There's a sense of, well, if I'm an AI, then there is no spoon, right? My underwear is not really going to be wet and, you know, I'm going to be good to get Yeah. But yeah, I'm, I'm okay with it for sure. You know, and everything. I mean, you notice it, right? Because you're just like, well, why, why is she just, yeah. you know, why is she, if she's getting the bath though, why does she have her underwear right. on? Um, but yeah, like certainly, uh, like A, uh, the actress certainly does not have to do that. And B, in the end, it, it doesn't really matter. Right. So. All right, well, let's go ahead and leave it there. I mean, if we wanted to give season four a grade, I mean, it's it's an A. I mean, I don't know if A yeah. plus, but it was pretty damn good. Yeah, again, you know, I don't give out the A pluses, but I would, you know, I would be especially the the finale. Yeah, I would, would certainly. I mean, even if you go back the last two episodes, um, yeah, I, I I might be tempted to give it an A plus. Yeah. But maybe I'll just stick with an A and. You know, we'll leave the A pluses up for the international assassins of the world. There you go. So, <laughs> all right. Well, listen, that will do it for this episode of Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. Thank you for joining us. Love to hear what's going on in your genre world. What you thought of season four of Westworld? Uh, check out the Facebook group if you haven't already. Um, we'll be back next time to discuss the series premiere of the Game of Thrones prequel, House of the Dragon. But until then, so. You know, it's almost time to go back to work day for me, so I won't be the walking my dog every morning as I have been. So no more times for me to look at her, look at the poop bag, and just say, look at what that asshole's done. <laughs> <laughs>